man as a synonym for human in a way permanently important to our literature. I'm going to begin by talking about the biographies of Plath and Sexton then. And uh, on the list of books that accompanies this uh, tape is a, a series of, uh, a sequence of, of titles. And in fact, our, the sequence was shortened substantially in a conference with uh, Marion Adams and John Green, the planners, when he told me I'd simply gone on too long. Uh, because I was trying to make a, a context, an historical context and a, and, a, and a work context that would, uh, in fact, open out from the very few lines that I'm going to be talking about today. I think the only reasonable way to deal with a poem is to give it the closest kind of scrutiny, almost on a sort of a particle basis. But I also believe that if one is going to speak about the biography of the writer, that one wants also to go to those places of self-representation where the person speaks in the first person that are not poems, but rather such documents as journals and letters, and in the case of Anne Sexton, therapy records, and certainly uh, the other poems that they've written. So I would say that that uh, everything provocative in this lecture tonight might easily lead you to the books of letters, of which Sexton and Plath wrote voluminous quantities, uh, or the journals of Sylvia Plath, which are in print, or the therapy notebooks of Anne Sexton, which will eventually be in print, I hope, uh, or the biographies of both poets, that have, of which are three of uh, Sylvia Plath and one of Anne Sexton by me, published just, just last year. Uh, many contexts that will, I hope, enrich the sense of who these women were. But for my purposes tonight, I wanted to focus on just a few things about the two writers, which make them comparable for the purposes that I want to pursue. I'll begin with the observation. I've already told you how old they were. Anne Sexton was born in 1928, and Sylvia Plath was born in 1932. So these were women who received their educations, their high school educations in the 40s, and were, but were women, came to womanhood in the period of the 50s, where Sylvia Plath also had most of her education, during which there was a very, very strong cultural sense of appropriate role divisions. And it seems to me very important to bear in mind that the teachers that Sylvia Plath would have had, and also Anne Sexton, though education was not one of her things for a long time. But Sylvia Plath's teachers in college would almost certainly all have been spinsters. That is, women of, the, uh, of Plath today, the role models in front of her, like the role models in front of me uh, when I was going to college, uh, were professional women who had made a choice at a, a particular moment where there was a fork in the road, it would either be marriage and motherhood or a professional vocation. And there was a secondary kind of theme in that decision, too, which was that the professional vocation was a kind of inadequate compensation for a woman's true fulfillment. That is, that this was the milieu in which these women received, uh, grew up and received their uh, impressions about possibilities for women. They were both born and raised in the Boston suburbs, interestingly, and in fact they went to the same, through the same school systems for a period of time. And I mentioned that because I want to emphasize all along that crucial to the understanding of any artist, I believe, is the question of how they achieve the sense of entitlement that permits them to be an artist at all. Uh, the, the question of the foundation of a vocation strikes me as one of the most important, interesting, and elusive questions about, about any artist that can be asked because it is finally an unanswerable question. It is a mystery what gives people the drive. 
but we can we can speculate, or we have some bases in knowledge about what to, how to speculate about that. And I would say, sociologically speaking, that the sense of entitlement and privilege that comes from being a middle class woman raised in an intellectual milieu where there are uh, educational at advantages and a sense of cultural superiority sort of built into it. These are Yankee women, uh, Massachusetts born and bred. Uh, but that, I think, has something to do with their eventual confidence uh, in themselves, that there was a certain class status that they had, a class privilege, which for all the disadvantages in their lives, of, uh, which were often medical, um, nonetheless, this was a foundation on which to build. The second point of comparison between them was that they had very different educations. Sylvia Plath uh, graduated from Smith College in 1955 and went on a, uh, to have a Fulbright Fellowship at Cambridge University in 1956, where she did advanced study. She did graduate work. She was a fabulous student, and she was a woman who, in fact, emerged from into adult life with a wonderful education.